0: I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It will be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling, trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash pozo. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash pozo. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is May 15th, 2023. Anno Domini. Today's story here on Human Events Daily, this show is all going to be about the death of the right to self defense in America. First up, we're going to cover the case of Daniel Penny, all the updates. Second, all the updates in the case of Daniel Perry, that's the one in Austin, Texas. And then finally, the right to self-defense, then and now. How do we get here? All this and more ahead. Human Events Daily. The man seen in video putting a homeless man in a fatal chokehold on a New York City train has been now charged with manslaughter. Nearly two weeks after the encounter. Daniel Penny, a Marine veteran, is out on $100,000 bond after an arraignment this morning. He did not enter a plea. Prosecutors say they are seeking a grand jury indictment. His lawyers say Penny stepped in to protect himself and other passengers from Jordan Neely, who they say was aggressively threatening passengers, and Penny never intended to harm him. All right, Jack Posobiec in. So, as you can see, I am now firmly ensconced in the Human Events Daily chair, back from a couple of weeks on the road, finally back to the glorious United States of America. And yes, even under the current liberal government of the globalist American empire, that doesn't mean you cut and run. That doesn't mean you give up. You have to stand and fight for as long as it takes to win your country back. And we're going to win our country back. And so Today, I wanted to do a show all about the death of the right to self-defense in America. And I wanted to go through a couple of cases that we've seen in the headlines right now that are extremely hot, as well as go through and explain some of the cases that we've seen in the past that brought us to this moment. Basically, here's what's going on. The left for years in the U.S. had wanted to ban guns and wanted to take away the ability of the right to self-defense for anybody. However, because they kept losing elections, because opinions never really went with them on this issue, they couldn't get to the point where they could actually ban guns. So what did they do instead? Well, they got to the point, and I'm not saying, obviously, there wasn't a gun used in all these cases, but this is part and parcel, so let me explain. Because they couldn't get rid of guns, they said they're going to get rid of the right to self-defense. So whether or not you use a gun is immaterial to them. They're gonna take away your ability to use a gun to defend yourself, to defend your home, to defend your family, to defend others, and they're gonna take away the right of you to physically defend yourself or defend others. That's what we're seeing go on now and play out in these cases, whether it be New York City, New York, whether it be Austin, Texas, whether it be anywhere in the country, Kenosha, Wisconsin, obviously. They are taking away this right because they know that in order to fully destabilize a country, you have to enable criminals. You have to enable the criminal element in society, the element that Marx even referred to as the lumpen proles, the lumpen proles. This was something that even Karl Marx himself said that there is a class that is beyond you know, the aristocracy and the working class. There is an underclass of criminals, people who, for lack of a better term, belong in institutional facilities, whether that be prison, whether that be mental health, that's a judgment call. But the point of the matter is there's always going to be a certain class that should be, shall we say, otherwise observed and best kept away from polite and public society. And certainly, as we can see that Jordan Neely, even I don't even have to say this, Jordan Neely was on lists from social workers as being in the top what they called it, the top 50 in New York City of people that were not uh, that that they already knew shouldn't be in contact with anyone in public. They knew this. And of course, the New York Times, Vice, they're freaking out. There's a Daniel Penny, Daniel Penny. uh, How can the right, they're treating him like Kyle Rittenhouse. They're supporting, that's right, we are supporting him. And Tim Pool, my boy Tim Pool, came around. Originally, he was saying, don't donate to Penny. Now Tim's in, and Tim went in big. He came in for 20 Gs for Daniel Perry, uh, excuse me, Daniel Penny. All right, it's a very simulation-y that the names are almost exactly identical. But Daniel Penny his GiveSendGo, Go, which, by the way, you have to be using GiveSendGo. Go. Do never use GoFundMe for anything conservative. It has to be GiveSendGo. Go. They will not ban you. So GiveSendGo Go, now up to over $2 million. And you're seeing so many people uh, supporting this, so many people getting in on this case. I love, you love to see it. Because I remember Nick Salmon. And Nick Salmon, which was just a couple of years ago, and I remember conservatives originally did not support Nick Salmon. And don't want to let anyone change the history on that, because I remember when conservatives originally did not support Nick Salmon. Now we're seeing the absolute uh, opposite on all of this, where conservatives are willing to actually stand up and fight back to the media narrative rather than go in with it. So what's the case update with Daniel Penny? He is awaiting uh, the next phase of the case. He has been arraigned, but he is currently out. Folks, I want to tell you about my friends at Blackout Coffee, blackoutcoffee.com slash I've got to tell you, I was over in Europe. We were holding meetings. Uh, we did uh, a conference over there. And, you know, Europe is great. It's the old world, et cetera. But you know something? I do not like European coffee. You know what I do like is my blackout coffee. So when you go to blackoutcoffee.com slash you will get 20% off your first order. Our friends over there have made this available to you. So if you're your very first order, you want to just try it out. Go ahead. See if you like it as much as we do. Human Events, this podcast, Human Events Daily is powered. Powered, I would say, fueled, energized, if you will, by Blackout Coffee. You try it. I think you will fall in love with them as much as I did. So when you go to blackout.coffee.com slash posto and then use promo code 20 to get 20% off your very first order.
1: Well, three years after Foster was killed, a two-week trial with countless hours of jury deliberation and a month since that murder conviction, all leading to this moment. The state did ask that Perry get at least 25 years behind bars. Perry's attorneys say, though, this is not the end for him. We will appeal this verdict. While we respect the court greatly, we can't agree that Daniel Perry received a fair trial. Everyone is completely devastated. The Travis County District Attorney feels as if justice has been served.
0: Our criminal justice system is not perfect. But in this case, it worked exactly as it should.
1: The appeals process is expected to take over a year and Perry's attorneys say they are planning on sending any information that they think will help Perry to the board of pardons and paroles. Remember, they are currently reviewing his case.
0: Now, the Daniel Perry case, this was a case that actually took place all the way back in the summer of 2020 during the George Floyd riots. And believe it or not, this one actually happened before the Kyle Rittenhouse case. uh, The Kyle Rittenhouse incident took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, originally we had planned to have Daniel Perry's lawyer on today, And unfortunately, he was not able to join us because he was called into court this morning. Human Events Daily, we are working to get him on later in the week if he does have availability. But I wanted to give everyone an update on that case specifically. Daniel Perry, that same U.S. Army sergeant, again, who drew his firearm after being stopped by a crowd, a mob of BLM Rioters, activists, anarchists in the middle of the road in Austin, Texas, stopped his car after making a legal turn on a right turn only lane that he was in to traffic that night, was surrounded. He had people pounding on his vehicle. And then ultimately, tragically, unfortunately, he had an individual. Named Garrett Foster, who was a crazed pro-BLM gunman who was open carrying an AR, excuse me, an AK-47 in the middle of the street, blocking traffic, completely legal, by the way. Who then threatened him with his AK-47, tons of ammo on him at the time, and that even local media admitted he. Gestured, gestured to Daniel Perry with his AK-47. Gestured. Yeah, if you gesture at someone with a loaded AK-47, that's called you're threatening someone with your rifle. And so Daniel Perry took steps to defend himself, pulled the trigger and fired, killing Garrett Foster, then sped away. He was just sentenced to 25 years in jail. And as we currently record this, he is in prison right now. And his lawyers are working very hard to get him out of there. Now, he was an army veteran, drove Uber on the side to make some extra money. 35 years old. 25 years in prison. this, And this is Texas, mind you, Texas. Now, keep in mind, Austin, extremely blue jurisdiction right there in the heart of Texas, which we know is a red state. So the situation that we're looking into, Governor Abbott has stated that he intends to pardon Daniel Perry. But we need to understand The way the pardon process works in Texas is different than it works in other states. In other states or at the federal level, the governor can unilaterally uh, pardon someone. The president can unilaterally pardon someone. And the pardon power, at least at the federal level, is considered a plenary power of the president under the U.S. Constitution. What does that mean? That means it is absolute. That means that the that it cannot be overturned by the president. It can't be overturned by the Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera. However. In Texas, the way it works is that the parole board has to recommend a pardon to the governor and then the governor is able to decide yes or no. Abbott has already stated that he will say yes. So as we are waiting for this parole board to deliver their report to Abbott, Perry's not waiting. He's already behind bars. So what's the deal, Texas? Are you gonna get involved? Because I see people donating millions and millions of dollars to Daniel Perry as, excuse me, Daniel Penny, I keep doing that, Daniel Penny as they should. But what about Daniel Perry? We're not going to forget this case. We're not going to forget the fact that he is behind bars for defending himself. And look at this, both cases, the people involved were veterans. Where's the veterans community on this? Where are all the, you know, the based, oh, I'm a vet. I'm going to stand down. I'm going to protest. Where's the Marines? Where's the Army in terms of this? Both of these guys, Penny and Perry. Marine Penny and then Sergeant Perry down in Austin, Texas. Have you heard of any national veterans organizations? What about all them pro veteran, you know, professional veterans with their podcasts, with their, no, I am also a veteran with the podcast, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Not This is a news show, news analysis, geopolitics. Uh, you know what I mean, though, in terms of those like professional veteran guys, the ones that really wear it on their sleeve that, hey, man, I served. I served. And you should listen to what I have to say. OK, great. So where are you when it matters? Where are you when it matters for these guys? Because I see a lot of people stepping up. I don't see a lot of those people stepping up. You know Why? because it's controversial. They're going to say, oh, you don't want to be controversial. No, 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 no. You want to be careful. You want to, you want to very carefully, you know, get involved in things. You don't want to get too involved in something that's going to cause trouble. It's going to cause problems. It's going to ruffle feathers. So Texas, get your act together. Pardon this man. He's behind bars right now. The veterans community, I got to say, and I'm not talking, by the way, about all veterans. I'm talking about the professional veterans and veteran organizations. You should be standing up for these guys. And I haven't seen it. And that's a problem. Look, folks, my Patriot Supply. So, you know, I always talk about my Patriot Supply and the special deal, the three month emergency food kit that you can get right now, plus the $200 of survival gear. But one of the things I always say every week about my Patriot Supply is that if Something happens to you, not just disaster striking, which we know is possible, not just World War III, which we know is possible because of the current government. But what if something goes wrong with your car? You're out there on a drive. Maybe you're just driving to work because it turns out that's exactly what happened to producer Russ today, that he was on his way to work. AAA A suddenly boom up car breaks down. Triple is like, oh, we'll be there in an hour. Oh, maybe later up. Now, now producer Russ made it in, but he didn't have a My Patriot Supply kit in his trunk. Tisk tisk, and he was getting. Uh, sources tell me that producer Russ was getting very hungry. Now, fortunately, he didn't have kids in the car, but you can you imagine if he had? We're going to tell producer Russ to go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and fix that—the food part, not the kids. Good evening, it is Christmas Eve in New York and the talk of the town is not peace on earth but the violence among us, this time in the subways where a vigilante and his gun brought terror this past weekend. The victims were four teenagers. Eyewitness News has been on top of this story from the very start of it and tonight we have team coverage as police press their search for the vigilante. We begin with Milton Lewis who spent this day riding with people who trust their lives to the subways every day.
1: I think he did right. By shooting these guys? Sure,
0: they tried to mug him.
1: I think what he did was completely wrong. I mean, I think I'm, I'm a law student. I think he was, you know, protecting himself. This is around the Christmas holiday. you got to look out for yourself.
0: Bernhard Goetz left New Hampshire this morning at 930. He arrived here in New York this afternoon and was driven straight to Central Booking, where the press was waiting behind barricades. The security was tight. The crowds were sparse. What do you think about the fact that he's come back to New York? Do you feel he's coming back as a criminal? I think he's a good
1: man. I think he's a good man. He wants to show the public, look, I did it, and I'll pay the price. But I had to defend my life at that instance, in that moment.
0: So Bernie gets. Now a lot of people are might know that name, but some people might not. Um, When we were doing the pre-planning for this show, we found that. Um, you know, I was asking people around it just randomly and some people said, yeah, I've heard of Bernie gets and other people said, no, not really. So who was Bernie gets Bernie gets was a guy who came out in the 1980s and was, he had been mugged a couple of times in the past. He bought a gun for, um, for protection and basically had, that on him on the subway in New York in the 1980s. Keep in mind, this is pre-Giuliani, New York. He was then attempted to be mugged again by four individuals, and he was able to defend himself against all four of them with his firearm. Did not kill any of the assailants, by the way. They all lived. He was then brought up on charges of attempt four counts of attempted murder, four counts of assault, reckless endangerment, third degree criminal possession of a weapon and fourth degree criminal possession of a weapon. He was found guilty of possession of a weapon, criminal possession of a weapon, but not guilty on all other charges, not guilty on all other charges. And so that was the verdict. He did end up serving 8 months. But he got he was found not guilty of murder because of this, because they found that he had a legal right to self-defense. That was New York in the 1980s. We all know what happened a couple, about a decade later. Rudy Giuliani gets elected mayor. Uh, his pro pro social, I would say, pro social anti-crime policies, also known as the broken crime theory, bro- excuse me, broken windows theory, really set the standard for what New York turned into in the later 90s, throughout the 2000s. Um, as just being this incredible hub, hub once again of new business turned Times Square into almost like an amusement park. It was so nice. And it's only been since the recent... Five, four or five years that New York City has gotten so bad again and gone completely down the tube. So that's 1984. Then let's also remember what George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. Of course, we remember this from the Obama administration, Barack Obama saying that Trayvon Martin could have been my son. Uh, Trayvon Martin what, uh, attacked George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman had been looking out for, some, for potential burglar in the area, a neighborhood watch situation. That was Uh, in the Orlando, Florida area 2012. Zimmerman defended himself when Martin attacked him. uh, He was ultimately acquitted. Michael Brown and police officer Daniel Wilson, Ferguson, Missouri, 2014. Michael Brown at the time had been referred to as the gentle giant. Between those two uh, incidents, by the way, Trayvon Martin in 2014, that led to the birth of Black Lives Matter which really led to George Floyd, which led to the Floyd riots, the Floyd riots, which sparked, of course, uh, the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, which then took place in Kenosha, Wisconsin in 2020. And I would say also took uh, what sparked the Daniel Perry case that we also saw in Austin, Texas. And then most recently, the, the case that's still ongoing. So this is a case that hasn't even been concluded yet. But that, of course, was the case of Andrew Lester and Ralph Yarl in Kansas City, Missouri, just a couple of weeks ago, where we saw Andrew Lester was an old man at home in the dead of night. He said that he was woken up by a an individual, a large man from all he could see, again, from his perspective, who was trying to get into his house. We later found out that it was a case of a mistaken address. And Ralph Yarl was trying to open this guy's door, but it turned out that he wasn't trying to break in. He was trying to open the door because he thought that's where his brother uh, or his two brothers were, and he was trying to pick them up. So again, a case that is still currently on the books and currently working its way through the legal process in Missouri. And so when we look at all these cases, Bernie Getz, George Zimmerman, Michael Brown, Kyle Rittenhouse, and we're still literally the jury's still out and Andrew Lester, we, we understand that these were cases that in each of these instances, and now when someone's killed, should they be brought to trial, right? That's a great example. And I do think it makes sense in a lot of cases when someone is killed that you want there to be a public inquiry. Of course, there needs to be an investigation. But when you look at some of these, when you look at Kyle Rittenhouse, for example, we had video from day one. Of that case we knew what was going on with perry and with penny in these cases it's all on video this is the biggest difference between a lot of these cases as to what's happening now versus ferguson versus george zimmerman versus bernie getz actually in the lester case believe it or not even though that is a current case um, it is not on video because although there were video cameras on the property they were later determined to be non-functional or the the hard drive wasn't hooked up or something. So we didn't actually, and the police department tried to get video out of them said the cameras were just kind of for show, sort of a security precaution. And so we have video of these cases now. So the Kyle Rittenhouse case never should have been brought because we have it on video. The Penny case never should have been brought because again, we can see on video, this was an individual who was threatening other subway riders, was threatening specifically Penny himself and others, and Penny decided to defend not just his own life, but the lives of everybody on that subway. And in doing so, it unfortunately led to the tragic devise of Mr. Neely. In every single one of these cases, we can see someone who is using self-defense. And now we may not like it, but unfortunately, folks, we live in a real world. One of the biggest differences between conservatives and progressives is the belief in human nature. Why is a progressive called a progressive? Because they believe that human nature can be evolved, can progress beyond its current state, that people can evolve beyond human nature, that human nature can be perfected and uplifted into a new, evolved, higher, enlightened standard. Yeah, that's not the case. Open a history book. Humans have always been this way. When you read the Bible, you can see from thousands and thousands of years ago, going all the way back to Cain and Abel, humans always have a propensity for violence. And if Abel had wanted to defend himself against Cain from killing him in that field all those years ago, he would have had the right to self-defense in order to do so. Because the right to self-defense is the positive expression of the right to life. And if you have a right to live, then you ought to have a right to defend it. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.